What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Outside the Clutch. I'm your host, John. Uh, we we took last week off. Um, it just it didn't mix. The guests had some issues, and then I brought in a collection, so I kind of focused on that. Hope you guys don't mind. Uh, we're bringing the heat tonight, though. Bringing one of my friends that uh, we've had the pleasure of knowing since he really got involved in the industry. We've talked on and off throughout that time. And uh, I'm really excited to finally get some insight on him and talk about his projects and kind of what his experience has been so far in the industry. Uh, first, I want to just say thank you to everyone that's continuing to support this. Um, grab your balls. Jose, I see you, boy. Texas Kid Reptiles, what's up? Gray's Reptiles, long time no talk, man. Hope you all doing well out there in Cali. Uh, you guys, I want to thank you so much. Uh, this this podcast is really taking off on the podcasting platforms, and it means a lot to me because I never thought we'd have this type of a reach or anything like that. So the fact that we get to do this and you guys are showing the love and support that you are means a lot to us. Speaking of love and support, you should always love and support your animals. So uh, with that means that you're taking care of your animals the best you can, and that brings us to our sponsor. Here at Outside the Clutch, we're honored to be sponsored by VivTech. Are you ready for innovation? Tired of the same boring product that's been used for 30 years? Ready to give your reptiles and amphibians the UVB they really deserve? Then look no farther than VivTech. Their 3 watt LED bulb provide the UV rays your animals have been missing. With 3 bulbs to fit your pet's climate needs for optimal husbandry, plus a dimmable feature, and it's the only bulb with a 2 year warranty in the industry. So what are you waiting for? Go to VivTechProducts.com today, use code FCLUTCH0322 for 10% off to provide your animals the best care they've ever had hell yeah so without further ado i, I want to bring in my man mr paco miranda badoom what's up dude what's up john how you doing man i'm doing well brother how are you i'm doing okay not too bad gotta, okay yeah you got the night off you got to be doing better than okay yeah i got a couple hours sleep so i'm, I'm good to go <laughs> got my coffee right What's here up, we're buddy? good man there you go there you yeah. go all right so let's let's kind of jump into it man um it you've been around for a couple of years i want to say you you started picking up reptiles in like 2019 correct correct yeah right at 2019 is when i got like my first one okay. yep oh yeah and you didn't i want to say you didn't even start with snakes right you started with bearded dragons i did yeah that's i've actually had like i started out with like leopard geckos when i was like 12 you know just kind of something just something as a pet and then you know it did progress to bearded dragons and you know I, I i guess i can say i got kind of like into the higher end bearded dragons so i got like pretty serious on them as well so you I did was, like the silkies and stuff like that well i did mostly like zeros uh whiplets and then like the weiros i don't know if you're familiar with them but like a combination of the two recessive and then like oh, yeah. a couple of the hybrids so yeah started out with that <laughs> and then yeah progressed to uh, ball pythons as well Hell yeah, man. Yep. So what, what made you make the jump from bearded dragons into ball pythons? Uh, you know, that's kind of, kind of, kind of weird. I was thinking about that the other day because, you know, ball pythons are always around, you know, and I've always gone to all these shows and 
the ball pythons were there, but I never really like looked into them. I guess you can say didn't really catch my attention. And then I don't know, man. Just all of a sudden, you know, one day I said, you know what, I'm gonna start out with a ball python. And of course, you know, I bought like a, I think it was a super pastel pet clown. Um, right. Got that at the local Repticon, and you know, of course, you know, you keep digging further and further, and you find out all these other new genes, recessives, and you know, just kind of exploded after that. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, man. Like you, you Georgia boys love your Repticon shows. It's a pretty good show. The the Atlanta uh, Repticon's a pretty pretty big show, man. You know, a lot. You know, of course, Bob's there and. You know Steve and a couple uh, Alyssa from Full Throttle, so it's it's a pretty big popular show down here for sure. Other than the Daytona show, has it has it fixed its um, kind of reputation of being a dirty show? Uh, yes you know, and no. Yes and no. You know, it's I I haven't been going to them lately. You know, because you know they have the Show Me shows as well now and. You know, a lot of right. people have been going to those, but honestly, man, I've just been working so much. I hardly have time to go to the shows anymore. <laughs> no, I feel you, man. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Just try to make well, it I mean, the big ones. <laughs> even especially with your job, man, the fact that you're even able to do it, it's <laughs> it's a feat of its own, man. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you work around what you love for sure. You make time for everything. Yeah. For sure. So, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, we're obviously going to get all over the reptiles here in a little bit, but I think it's really important to kind of thank you for what you do because not everyone wants to do it. Uh, I've been in that field throughout mm -hmm. my life, and it's not the easiest field to be in either. <laughs> so uh, yeah, appreciate it. Man. How is being a nurse nowadays? Um. It's been pretty wild, man, you know, especially, you know, the past few years with COVID, um, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of stuff at work, you know, it's been very stressful, um, you know, but it's just, I, I signed up, you know, well, I graduated nursing school right at the peak of COVID kind of, so I came out pretty hardcore, I guess you can say, but, you know, it's been a learning experience, you know, it's, you know, I'm, that's what I went to nursing school for is to, try to you know help people so you know I've, I've just been blessed man honestly you know it's given me giving me a good good job right now good income to be able to you know buy snakes and stuff so you know i can't honestly complain <laughs> yeah. what did your uh what did your family think not only of the snakes but like your career choice like They're, that's that had to be something that kind of weighed on them a little bit just because of covid yeah uh, i mean you know my they're just blessed, you know, honestly, I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. So, you know, I definitely made them super proud and, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, they're just happy to have me to be able to try to even take care of them at some times. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. bro. Thank you, man. <laughs> so let's, I don't, I don't want to stick on it, but there's like, you know how there's those horror stories, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to give the outside people their perspective, I guess, of what it is to be in the medical field. And um, so with what you could share, because I understand like HIPAA mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What What's one of the craziest scenarios you've had to deal with so far? Um, well, I work in the ER, um, you oh, know, you see it all, yeah, bro. so I'm right now I'm working in like Midtown Atlanta. 
Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of violence around, you know, well, I mean, dude, I can't even say, but I know we've had a lot of gunshot people, a lot of gunshot victims, you know, but I, I think the craziest thing I've seen is where we had one gunshot victim at my old hospital and there it's like a trauma center. So I don't know if you're, you've ever heard of a thoracotomy where you physically open a person's chest and manually massage the heart. And, you know, I was there at the bedside and like seeing that and, being in on that was pretty pretty wild, man. You know, definitely gets your adrenaline going. <laughs> For sure, bro. Yeah. I, I didn't have anything that crazy. Um, like when I was teaching, my instructor talked about when he was downrange, mm -hmm. he literally had to hold pressure in uh medevac out on a helicopter. Oh, yeah. He was a flight medic and he was holding the pressure on the artery mm -hmm. or the aorta so that the patient's yeah. heart continue beating yeah man. it was like the, it's such a small amount of pressure that if you do it too much you close it and mm -hmm. if you do it too little they just bleed out within seconds and this dude held it for like a 45 minute flight that's wild, insane man. bro yeah insane. ridiculous but uh <laughs> i i think it uh i think that field just kind of changes you you know what i mean like you i don't want to say you become numb but weird things yeah you weird do. things attract your attention now or you're like that's kind of crazy. You're like uh, the darker things. Yeah. You laugh at kind of like dark humor. In the first place. Yeah. You yeah. get a dark humor because you need it <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, let's jump back into the snakes. Like give everyone kind of a, they gave everyone kind of a feel of what you do on the daily, what you feel. Um, how big is your collection right now? I'm kind of like, I'm still pretty small, man. I'm like right around 40 snakes right now including, you know, babies and, um, the, the big, big snakes as well. Okay. Yeah. And then how did you, how did you kind of choose your projects and what are you, what are you focusing on since you're just starting out? Cause this is, this is a pivotal moment for you. You know what I mean? Like you could really make yourself or essentially just follow tracks. And I, I don't think anyone in your group does that. I think you're all very diverse. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you choose your projects and how have you chosen where you want to take them? Um, you know, like they say, you know, you choose kind of like what you like, of course. And, you know, fortunately, um, I like, I like clowns. Um, so it, I was just focused on stacking a lot of those females right now. And, you know, fortunately ended up being a recessive as well that later on I found out, you know, just listening to podcasts everyone, you know, recommends buying, buying into recessives and stuff. And then, you know, I'm definitely, I think just that, um, I think desert ghost is a big one I'm involved in as well. So, you know, the DG clowns, a route I'm wanting to go down later down the road as well. I don't, I don't blame you at all. On yeah. that one, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping fingers crossed this year, I get to prove a girl out, but nice, um, man. yeah. So what, Obviously, that's what you like. That's what you've been around. You see quality in. But um, what what did you look at? Like, obviously, you want to hit those recessives, but you you can't just take it at the recessive. You want to add stuff into it because you don't want to go and backtrack that far back and play that game of just adding one by one by one mm. for each codom or dominant. Like, what what caught your eye and what did you choose to integrate this early? Because this is, 
I think you're you've already had one season, correct? Yeah, I had one clutch. Ish. Yeah, <laughs> one I mean, clutch. Yeah, it's a start, bro. It's a start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't talk so, yourself down on that. No, no, yeah. Yeah, I had one clutch last year. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um so I don't know. I just think, you know, just um I I know with the bearded dragons, whenever I, you know, I started collecting them. I was just buying, just buying, buying, buying a lot of them. And it came to a point where, you know, I realized I had a lot of like, um, a lot of things that I really didn't need at the time, you know, and later on I figured out, I think smaller and just things more towards your project ended up um, being better. So I tried to integrate that into the ball pythons as well. Um, you know, just choose head clown females or double heads and so forth and kind of, kind of work from there you know, to be able to later on down the road buy a male to plug into those females, you know, and they, they so say you that. Did you did it the right way. You actually listened to people. You weren't like, <laughs> oh, that's a cool male. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Let well, me just throw it. You actually planned your projects out. What are you doing over there? Listening to everybody, Paco. I know, man. Well, see, but that's what, but I, but I learned that from the uh, bearded dragons as well, you know, so it was a learning experience for me. And then later on, you know, I just applied that same thing to ball python. So, you know, to try to set myself up for the future. Yeah. yeah. So where, where do you want to see yourself in all of this, man? Like, is this going to be kind of like a hobby? Is this going to be, cause you just started your career. So I don't think you want to get out of nursing, like right after you started it, like what's, what's your mentality on all of this? You know, I, it's, you know, I hate to kind of say, but, you know, I, I think I came in more as like a business side as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I, I'm surrounded by a lot of friends that do this full time and stuff. And I just see, you know, the they're making an income off of it and stuff. And of course, like you said, you know, I want to keep my career as well, but I also want to do this on the side. But, you know, I guess it could be like a business type hobby, but, you know, I just want to keep that growing and expanding that, you know, just work as much as I can right now. But, Eventually, I mean, you never know, man. You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing this full time. I know it comes with a lot of, you know, um, a lot of hard work behind the scenes, but you know, it's it's something I've always loved. So I don't see why that would be a problem. <laughs> you know, no, I like I. I don't doubt that anyone can do it if they're willing to put the time into it. I think the issue is for a lot of people, they don't look into the time. And the one good thing about all your mentors and like the team you have around you is you have, like you said, you have a lot of people that have now done this full time. So you understand, okay, I have to devote X amount of hours a week to snakes. I have to devote X amount of hours to rodents or to find rodents. Like how mm -hmm. are, how are you going to bring in rodents for all of those without doing it yourself? You know, and like yeah. all these, all these small things that people don't necessarily account for. You've already seen, you talk about on a regular basis. Um, how do you think that your team's helped you grow uh, to this point? You know, I think, you know, of course, you know, just taking it like back, back, um, you know, I can't, Alyssa from Full Throttle Reptiles, you know, I just, the first time I ever needed rats, and, you know, I had a couple of ball pythons, but I, I didn't really even know anything about, like, even the sizes of the rats and stuff. And long story short, I pulled up to Alyssa's house. And, you know, it was just like a drive-through at McDonald's of just people coming by and getting rats, you know. 
but you know i got very close to them and you know um i ended up she ended up taking me to shows as well you know letting me see kind of behind the scenes and stuff and you know i think that really opened my eyes and you know just being in that um that scenario as to being a vendor because you know i would try to help them you know at the shows and stuff and you know they're very close to tom harbin so yeah, tom harbin Tom's was good people man. very yeah definitely man so you know i think having that and then um you know, later on, I um, met Bob Vu as well. Bob Vu, and you know, he has Josh Jackie, and you know, they've kind of taught me a lot as well, as far as like the business side and the investment side. And you know, it's it's scary throwing money into this when you know you haven't produced anything. But I I was reading this book, and it talks a lot about like when you're scared to invest, look at the math behind it. You know, as far as like you know, if you buy double head. Like for example, DG clown females, you grow them up two, three years, and then you buy a male. Statistically, you're going to get one or two DG clown males or females. You can go back and sell those females, make your money back, and just keep expanding. So, you know, just kind of seeing the money side, you know, or not, you know, just the profit side on it as well, it just makes it a little easier for you to kind of throw that money, you know, to well, be able to. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are scared of that. Like, I went through my first season and I, I did decent. Like I didn't do huge. I had a small collection. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I was actually smaller than you were when I had my first year. Well, I was, I think I was at like 35 or 36 animals um, of that only like 12 or 13 were breeder size. And I hit five clutches and it's like, that's when it snapped it was like, okay, I proved to myself I can do this. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I could sell them. Okay, I could sell them like yeah. a lot faster than I thought I was going to be able to. Mm -hmm. Like, don't. A lot of people have that mental hold. And I think it's with anything, man. Like, regardless of the hobby you're in, you have this hold where you're like, I'm scared to go all in or I'm, I'm scared to really invest, but they don't realize you're investing in yourself. Like, do you trust yourself? Mm -hmm. then freaking go for it, man. Cause if you're not willing to put out the self-confidence, no one's going to buy from you anyways. Like you need yeah. to trust yourself, but yeah, man, like, yeah. like scary, uh, for sure. <laughs> everyone says it in this hobby and it's like scared money. Don't make money. Exactly. Antoine's known for saying that shit mm. regularly. <laughs> I'm like 100%. Yeah. It took me until that first year though, to see that, okay, I have a handle on this. Yeah. Like I, my, most expensive snake up to that point was probably six hundred dollars. Yeah. But and then again, like everybody goes at their own pace, man. You know, oh, yeah. every like you know, they say it's a marathon, not a race. So like there's no rush into this at all, in my opinion. No. You know, you gotta you gotta I mean, start somewhere. <laughs> absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. And you got you just gotta push yourself. Like I think a lot of people look at it as a competition and not just to talk about the business side of it. Obviously we want to talk about you, but like Everyone, everyone looks at it as a competition for some reason. And it's not like there's with everything opening up. And I, I think I've said this on a previous podcast, but, um, last year alone, the, the industry was $5.3 billion in the U S mm -hmm. now granted that's like everything within reptiles and all species of reptiles, but it was a $5.3 billion market last year. And it's expected to grow by like two to 3% yearly from yeah. that point. And 
So there's no competition for you. Like you, you make your little spot. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to do, but you have to do it. Yeah, definitely. Though. So what, what made you decide to do breeding instead of just keeping like, um, I've always, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of weird. Cause I, I've always had just a fascination of trying to reproduce something. Um, I would always keep animals and, you know, like my leopard geckos for some reason, I just went into it just wanting to breed them. Um, you know, that with the bearded dragons as well. And then, you know, of course the ball pythons, it just kind of translated into that as well. Um, I don't know. I've always just wanted more and just being able to replicate that. I don't, I don't know if just like ever since I was little, I was like really obsessed with dinosaurs. So, um, I think just having like something in its enclosure you're just replicating like its own little environment like its own world and trying to make it grow and just keep um just keep it living pretty much just really fascinated me for some reason hence you know why we have all these animals <laughs> it's crazy man like it's crazy how you we want to replicate right and like I, i've looked into the bio and like doing everything and rep our other animals obviously like we want to look more towards a bioactive now um i've really enjoyed seeing it some of our animals i don't know that we can necessarily pull it off i'm trying to figure out a way to but yeah. um because you're you're in el paso right yeah so yeah it gets super, super dry. hot mm -hmm. yeah super dry yeah i bet but, the bearded uh, dragons would do well out there Oh, they love it in the yard, man. I bet. They freaking oh, you love keep it. them outdoors? Well, I don't keep them outdoors, but I take them outside and they turn in. Well, now that I've used my lights yeah. from VivTech, I, mm -hmm. I get a replication of actual sunlight from them. But like when you take them outside, you can't put them down. Yeah. They turn into a whole yeah. nother creature, <laughs> man. It's like they're wild again. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like. I've taken more beardy bites from taking them outside than I've taken from yeah. snakes. I, I kept my bearded dragons outdoors. That's where I started mine. Um, kept them all as babies just outdoors here in Georgia. Of course, the winter, you know, I put them in. But during the summer, I would keep them out. They did well. Super well. <laughs> no, is that, did you do that kind of like, it's just in a room like mine, right? Yeah, it was a garage that we, you know, closed in and insulated and um, put a fan in and just made this my reptile room. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so with, uh, with like the fluctuation, because I used to live in uh, southern Tennessee for a while, like when I was a kid, actually not too far away from where Alyssa lives now. Um, we were actually in the same town. Oh, but okay. um, the weather changes so vastly out there yeah with you keeping it in a garage even with it being insulated or anything like that do you find that you have to do like extra steps every year in preparation in order to maintain like your humidity or your temperatures in there well i have this uh window ac with the heat as well um so you know honestly i just come in man and just based on how it feels oh it feels hot turn it down feels too cold turn it up and stuff because like you said it fluctuates one day it's 30 next day it's 80 so you know so i just come in and just kind of go based on touch so I, I do keep it a little cooler in here about 76 75 and you know the snakes are eating good so 
um, as long as they're eating, you know, they don't look stressed, anything. I just, whatever's working, I just keep doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. So are you, did you learn going kind of back into your routine? What's your, okay, I'm jumping all over the place. I'm sorry. It's no, kind of fine. the way my mind works sometimes. I'm still, yeah. I'm still working on that. But uh, what's kind of your routine when you're going through your breeding at this point? Like you, you still have a small collection. So are you palpating? Are you like linking up with Bob and them to use the ultrasound or like are you are you taking like notes on what your girls are doing trying to figure out and read them like what's how do you go through your breeding season so far well i i i got an ultrasound um got ended up getting an ultrasound um i know last year with uh, my first female since i only had one female I did. Um, I was using Alyssa, so I was driving back and forth <laughs> every other month, and you know, um, you know, I'd go and get rats anyway. So you know, I just bring her up, and she was kind enough to ultrasound her for me. So then, you know, awesome. but but now, you know, I do have the ultrasound. So you know, I'm in the last month, I did see some females starting to build follicles, not quite to where, you know, I don't want to throw in my male just yet. But you know, we're just watching them right now, and just hopefully in these next few months can start building quicker, and you know, pair that male. Nice. get things going <laughs> and do you follow like the other guys feeding plans or what's what's kind of like your feeding schedule especially when you see them start to build um i just, I just feed once a week man honestly yeah just do you once feed a, week. a specific size or uh i don't go past a small okay uh just because i don't i've had you know the bigger rats can definitely do some damage so you know even even with the small ones i i feed and as soon as i hear them strike i have some these tongs that you know stick in a rat's mouth to keep them from buying my snake or trying to injure them because i did that once with uh one of the females i had and you know it kind of freaked me out because it looked like it was taking its eyeball out and i was like i'll never do that again <laughs> so yeah that's one of the fun parts of feeding live man like yeah it it is exponentially taking the actual feeding portion longer mm -hmm. but it i don't yeah. know like it's so much easier yeah it <laughs> just makes me feel hours better. to get it to the right temperature and yeah like I, I don't have anything against the people that do frozen thawed man like yeah. i did it for a long time i believe in it i think it's a good way i just i feel feel like life brings more nutrients to the animal right away mm -hmm. I feel like they just have a better response to it I'm not saying that you shouldn't do one or the other but that's just obviously my thoughts on it um yeah, yeah i do the same thing i took a i use a crochet hook so okay. like i i grab a one of my wife's crochet hooks and when they go to bite i grab their upper teeth so they can't close their jaw and sink into exactly. anything with the hook yeah feel bad but i mean you gotta do it yeah you. but I'm, I'm not gonna let something happen to my <laughs> no exactly you know yeah man for sure i feel that yeah. um is there a reason why you chose just small is it simply for the damage that larger rats can incur or or give to the snakes or is it because that's just kind of what people said and based off of what you've read because that's what i do now like i used to do up to mediums for a while and i was like dude 
it takes them so long to digest this yeah like they're just they're rocks in the first place but they're like they're really rocks when you give them a big meal they don't want to move they stay on that hot spot and it just seems like it's hard to read anything yeah i i was i, I guess you could say i i am going just basically because i don't want to injure my snake um i know i was going i was feeding like the big snakes at like 15 and up um 1500 grams and up i was feeding every every week as well and then i did come up on a shortage of rats for a little while so then i started feeding those every two weeks um and i was listening to a podcast with billy and he was talking about how he swapped his big ones to every two weeks and i've seen some pretty good results as far as like their growth mm-hmm. and stuff so i think the bigger ones i am gonna start feeding every two weeks right now and then you know anything under a thousand i'll just or under 1500 i'll just do weekly like babies i will start them um every five days up until 300 grams and then just slow it down to one week though yeah and do you do you do it consistently or do you look at a fasting period so this is something i extensively talk with a lot of people about now it's something that kind of fascinates me because they have their fasting period in the wild right mm-hmm. and then the rains come in and that invokes more food hence the breeding season and all of that so it's it's something that i've kind of played with in my own collection and honestly like i fast my females for a month before i even start breeding them so like that month leading up I'll start dropping the temperatures. They won't eat for three to four weeks. And then I start giving them whenever you want to f- want food, just start throwing a small rat at them. But um, it's just something I've played with. Like I know a lot of people that feed year round, like my mentor has kind of advised me not to do it. But I was like, I don't know. The scientist in me wants to play with different things and see what happens. And yeah, I, <laughs> Sometimes it's not the best thing to do, but yeah. Um, no, I ju- I just feed consistently, man. Uh, just uh, I I can't say I've tried anything. I know sometimes you know your schedule goes off, right. um, but I I can't say I've tried anything right now other than just feeding them once a week. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what are uh... I know you go to the Arlington show, like you make time to go to the Arlington show. What are some of the other shows that you make it out to? I've, I've been to pretty much all of them, man. To, to be honest, I know I've been to Arlington. I've been to, uh, Tinley. I've been to Daytona, been out to Pomona. Um, I think that's where we first met. I think like, right. When you first got started, maybe not. At the Arlington? I, I think it was the Arlington. I know I've you. seen you a couple of times at Arlington, but I could have yeah. swore I've seen you at it. Maybe not. Because my last time at Pomona was 2019. 19. I think. Yeah. I even went before, you know, the ball pythons as well out there. Because I was born in Los Angeles. Um, so I have family out there. You know, I go see regularly every once in a while. And it happened to be at the time when um, the Pomona show was going on too. So man you know um ended up making that as well yeah Yeah, but i all the shows are really fun though uh i can't really say which one's the funnest because you know they have you been to daytona i haven't been to daytona yet that that's one i really want to hit so like 
you have um you have daytona and the animal con the bar check just came up with okay and uh Is that's that a- gonna happen this year and they're i think they're like back-to-back weekends so i'm really considering like sweet talking my wife yeah <laughs> like can we go out to florida for like a week and a half just tell her you're <laughs> and- taking her to the beach <laughs> yeah you, you just go to the beach and have yeah. fun i'm gonna go hit animal con and yeah. daytona and see if we can hit Gatorland and iguana land and yeah there's just there's so many people out in florida that i really want to spend more time with and just stuff out there that i want to see like i when i was a truck driver i drove right past Gatorland, like and i was so tempted <laughs> Oh, I bet. I was straight gonna pull the rig over and just park it and go into Gatorland for a day. Yeah, (laughs) super tempting. Yeah, yeah. No, you you need to make Daytona. It's 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 a good show. You know, a lot of people go out as well, and it's right on the beach. So the atmosphere is just good. It's different from you know Tinley and Arlington. um, See, that's another one. I've been trying to hit Tinley for I think like two or three years now, and it seems like yeah. So like. The year I was gonna go, like I, I had my flight booked. I had uh Airbnb set up with uh Earl, mm-hmm. and it was the year that COVID happened, so they shut everything down. So yeah. like the day we were about to get on the yeah. plane, Earl calls and he's like, "We're canceling everything." Yeah, like, oh, no, <laughs> everyone, man, same yeah. here, yeah. same here. It, it was such a rough day, man, and yeah. yeah that was when it was on my birthday weekend so i was like super stoked mm-hmm. i was just like oh i'm gonna yeah. be a tinley for my birthday i'm gonna get all wild and crazy yeah. and have fun and yeah i was bringing uh, every time my my parents my mom and dad and my girlfriend as well um we were we all were gonna fly out and you know now we just got credits for all these airlines <laughs> right, right. Well, eventually yeah, i keep it working out. it too bro i'm yeah. like uh let me reschedule that wait let me reschedule that. yeah i'm pulling the little hacks that you hear about from these smart people yeah definitely but but hell yeah man what's been your favorite show so far um, you know i i'd say arlington i would say arlington yeah definitely man just because you know i go with a good group of guys and you know like just have fun, you know, everyone's out there to have a good time, enjoy themselves and, you know, so um, I, I would say that one for sure. Yeah. 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 What's it, what's it been like kind of working the booth? Cause you, you get to go behind the scenes and help out Bob and Josh and what's it, uh, that's a lot to take in like all at once, especially at Arlington, man. Cause like, that little that little booth area kind of gets crowded at times it can be somewhat i mean i stand back from it you know like here locally when we did ours just having like 30 people to do kind of education i was getting overwhelmed like crazy so i can only imagine trying to sell yeah well um at you know it's we're there to have a good time but at, at the at the end of the day you know it's bob's there for his business and you know i i go to help him for that primarily so first things first you know we go we get set up um go get set up it takes us a while you know clean the displays um you know just stand behind the booth and you know he's never ever told me like you have to stay here um you know don't walk around and so forth so you know i help out 
um, I go around, you know, talk to people and stuff. I always try to come back and be just present at the table in case anyone has any questions. Um, and just, you know, try to try to sell some snakes <laughs> for sure. How's it, how's it been? Like, that's something with you being so young in the industry. And I, I don't, I don't say that to say that I'm not like, I'm super mm-hmm. new to it as well. I just, I jumped into social media way early, I guess, so to speak. But, um, how's it been to have that selling experience? So now when you go, you kind of have that little notch in your belt or like you already have that machismo knowing that, Hey, I can come out here with my animals and do this. Yeah. No, I mean, it just makes me excited. Um, at the end of the day, you know, that this is what we're breeding for as well, you know, to fulfill our passion and, you know, try to keep it a business as well. So it definitely makes me more excited for the future to, you know, buy this place. I'm not there yet right now, but, um, you know, I see, like you said, I've seen the behind the scenes and what goes into it. Um, you know, but, I'm just ready to get breeding and keep going and just keep going from there. So how many are you trying to breed this year? Uh, I think I'll be, if everything goes well, probably about 10 females. Nice. I would say, yeah, about 10 females. That's really good. Holy so I have, crap. Like I said, Mr. I have some Gundy girls going follicles right now. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for dropping in. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like royalty in this industry. Huh? I know. Freaking I've blessed. never, I've never spoken to him, um, but you know, I've heard very good things. Such yeah. an expert, I always see him, you know, posting all these kids, bringing into new generation. <laughs> that's what I love. Like that's yeah. that's one of the things I want to be able to mimic one day, man. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know Pre- that I'm there yet. Like I, I got it at the last show a little bit, like letting them hang out with king snakes and corn snakes, and I brought one of my retics, but I didn't let it out just because. There are some kids that were just a little too handsy and like she she's calm, but mm-hmm. I I've never put her in a crowd like that yet. So yeah, I wasn't willing no, to definitely. take the chance, you know. No. Um, but I love that. I love watching pitch yeah. shows, man. Just and, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, just people that, you know, are have a fear of snakes and kind of getting them to convert. Cause even here, you know, um, you know, people come over all the time and, you know, they hear I have snakes. So, you know, I'll bring them in here and let them check it out. And, you know, they're scared of them. And, you know, you end up putting one in their hands and they just lose that fear. You know, it's pretty, pretty cool, in my opinion, to, um, you know, change their perspective on them. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love it, bro. Like, I, I love working here locally and doing it. But, like, I have friends, even to this day, they won't even come to my house because they know. Yeah. <laughs> like they refuse to walk inside of my door they'll come to my house and like say hi and we'll hang out outside and like have some adult beverages or whatever but um mm-hmm. they will they refuse to step within the walls of my house because yeah. they know i have a room full of snakes yeah it's no, definitely <laughs> the fear is insane for some people man and like i i understand because there's there's some fears i have of myself that were kind of like that at one point. Um, I think you have to break through that though. That's, that's one of the things I'm trying to teach my kids. Cause my son, my oldest son's like super scared of heights. And it was probably mm-hmm. because I've 
I played rough with him when he was a kid and he got a little nervous and his younger siblings love it. Like I do the same thing to them, but there's just something about him. He's like super scared of heights. So I'm like gradually trying to work him up higher and higher and get him over that. And like, I show him, okay, well, dad's scared of this. So if I do this, you have to do this and like try to coax him into doing something that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. We all have something, man. Something we're all scared. I got mine's heights as well. (laughs) So I can relate. (laughs) I was like that for a while, man. And then I realized it's like, if I'm on like a mountain or something, I don't have an issue. Mm -hmm. But like if I'm on a tower or I'm on, even at a mall, this is going to sound yeah. really ridiculous. Y'all going to laugh at me right now. Here's the inside scoop. You can ask my wife. She's on right now. Uh, Miss Scout, you can confirm this. I can't walk on like the second or third story of a mall and be on the outside away from the stores if yeah. they have glass because I can yeah. see down. And like I, I get jittery and yeah. I grab my kids and I'm like hugging the wall. <laughs> next yeah. to the stores and like don't go over there don't go I, over there don't freaking go over there. <laughs> the way i found out is i was i was holding my uncle paint one time and you know we he, it was pretty high up we were good like 20 feet up and you know i'm going up the ladder and stuff and there's this pole i need to reach up to but i didn't want to tell him i was scared so i'm grabbing the pole and painting one-handed up here until he sees me until he sees me he's like are you scared of heights and I was like, no, no, no. And I'm just, just shaking up there, you know, like a leaf. And he's like, don't be oh, scared. Yeah. He's like, you won't, you won't go past the ground. <laughs> like, yeah, but the ground yeah, ain't going to feel good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The kids don't like the elevators either. So like, yeah. we, we take the um, escalator, man. Yeah. And they'll watch that. And I'll like, we'll go up the escalators as fast as possible. Yeah. But, All good, man. <laughs> Like animals now, like my big fear before was spiders and my wife really enjoys them. And I got over that. Um, Yeah, man, it's just it's one of the things I want to teach my kids, like whatever fear you have, face that fear. Yeah, And it's one of the things I try to put into my shows now is like I've had moms that wouldn't like come near a table and their kids holding a freaking five foot long boa constrictor. And I'm like, mom your eight-year-old's doing it. You need to do it too. Like, yeah. just touch it. And yeah. then by the end of the show, the mom's walking around with my eight-foot yeah. snake around. Pretty cool. Or it's not even eight-foot, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I love it, man. And I love watching kids' eyes glow up. Like, there's there's just something special about the first yeah. time they get to hold one. Yeah. And you see that change in their eyes and the fascination. And oh, it's yeah. like... <laughs> Next to producing your own animals, that's the greatest feeling in the world, dude. Yeah, greatest freaking feeling because that was us at one time, you know. Yeah, that was us at one time. Yeah, I can still tell you, bro. Like, I I can tell you the day well, not the day, like per se, like month and date, but I can tell you the exact moment. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. (laughs) So, I don't, I hope. Oh, no, we lost him. Hopefully pops back in. Anyways, we're gonna we're gonna keep going with it. I don't know what happened to Paco. Oh no. Um so the exact moment was in biology class. And for those of you that have kind of been around the industry for a while, 
What'd you do? No, Man, I, no, I think it broke. It died. It just, it died. It did. No, you're good. It's all good. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was in uh, animal, animal science class, mm-hmm. not even biology. I said biology a second ago when you were off, but it was animal science class. And those that have been in the industry for a little while may know one of my friends growing up. Her name's Kim Paws. And she used to do like the auctions and um, stuff for the NARBC shows. And she's been around the industry for a long time. And anyways, I I grew up with her and she had snakes back then when we were in high school. We were like, I think ninth ninth grade when I had animal sciences because I had ambitions to be a veterinarian stuff back then. But I just I didn't have the drive or the mental focus to do it at that time. Right. I want I wanted to be the cool kid and do sports and go to parties and all that stupid stuff that. I look back now and I'm just like, man, what'd you do? But anyways, uh, so she brings in, I think it's like five or six different species of snakes at this time and a scorpion. And I finally get to hold my first snake. And I'm just like, like, I've seen wild Aatrox all around my house growing up and things like that, but not something you could hold. Right. Yeah. I finally get my hands on one and I'm just like, I'm instantly hooked. Uh, We get out of class and that was my last class for the day. And me and Kim are just joking around and we're freaking playing with her snakes for like an extra extra half hour after school. And then she's like, well, I volunteer at this one store. And so I go over there and she brings me in and I talk to the owner and I guess the owner knew my mom from church at one point. And, uh, that's what started it all, man. Like yeah. She pulled me into working at a pet store with her. That's how I got my first snakes. And that's how I got my feeders and my tanks and all that good stuff. Yeah. But if it hadn't have been for her, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's very cool. Crazy yeah. how a single moment. Yeah. Change it all. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is um, my, my girlfriend, uh, what a lot of people don't know, actually, is i do probably 20 percent of the snakes to be honest like cleaning changing rats all that stuff waters all that because i so i work in atlanta i work like an hour and a half away so four days out of the week i'm gone so you know my, my girlfriend actually does all this stuff i just come back and feed by the time i get back everything's done but what i was getting at is the first time she ever held a snake uh was in daytona i told her Mama Ren's here, y'all. Sorry, that? I didn't want to interrupt you, but Mama Ren's here. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of. Oh, I got you. Right now. <laughs> no, you're good, man. But, anyways, um, I know the first time she ever held a snake, I was right there with her. <laughs> uh, she had never held one before, and I told her. So, some little girl, it was like a six year old girl walking around with a snake, and she's like, "Do you want to hold it?" And she had never held one before, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, put it in her hands, dude." She about passed out. <laughs> she about she just like got white as a ghost and just uh, she was like i almost like blacked out right then and there i was like here give it back give it back you know and now it's just funny how you know she's the one that just picks them up you know does whatever she has to do that's <laughs> so, awesome yeah. you're gonna have to change no i'm just playing don't change i know the change the name <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah no but i just had what? to throw that in uh, just because you that's know that's what it's about though like yeah I think we forget it. Like we get so focused on, okay, I need to breed or I need to do this or I need, I need to market. And 
sometimes it's good just to take it back man like look at what really drove you to enjoy these animals look at where your passion really lies and small things like that like i'm not old but i'm getting (laughs) getting older and the the uh papa mentality is kind of popping in my head more i guess and i find myself looking back on moments that have really affected my life or my kids lives up to this moment you know and Mm -hmm. that's uh I don't know, man. I don't even know how I want to put it into words. Like it's, it's inspiring to say the least, because there's a lot of reasons where I should have turned into something else. And the fact that I have what I have, or um, even watching the friends that I've made throughout this industry and throughout my life that have really stuck around is just like, what did I do? You know, like what did I do to deserve this? And it's awesome to watch it unfold throughout the years yeah no i mean yeah uh, same here like i know uh when i was in school um i had a lot of friends you know but then i got into college and stuff and at one point like i had literally zero life i had nothing but just studying and you know people go on with their lives and once i graduated and stuff you know it's not the same anymore you know those friendships you know i i mean i i hope they're doing well and they're all doing well from what i see but you know, then I, you know, got into the snakes and that just created a whole nother group of just great people. You know, I look so forward to shows to go out and see how everyone's been doing. And, you know, even still before the shows, you keep in touch with people, just ask how they're doing. They'll give you a call, you know, just, it's just nice to catch up with people. Just know you you always have someone there, I guess you can say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about this industry. Man. Yeah. What's been, if you could pinpoint What's been your favorite moment so far? My favorite moment. Uh, that's a that's a tough and one. It, do, it doesn't have to be yeah. one, man. Like you, yeah. you could definitely go into a few, but like, what's what really stands out to you with your time in the industry so far? You know, of course, you know. I think of just even just. Bob just kind of invited me to go out to these shows, you know, to me, it's kind of of like an honor to be honest, you know, to be able to go out and hang out with him, you know, because I've never produced anything. I mean, I've produced one clutch, but, you know, the fact that he tells me and Chris and um, Chris and uh, Josh and Kendall and all them just kind of take me in as well. And I know um, another big moment that I, you know, I thought was pretty cool was, you know, whenever I would go out, with Alyssa and then like like I said they're very cool with Tom Harmon very very close and just being at the you know after the shows you go out to eat just being at the dinner table with Tom was just just pretty cool in my opinion to you know sit there and just listen to his stories and just see how their um conversations go as far as just the industry and stuff is very very neat because Tom's such a such a family person you know he's just class in my opinion (laughs) Just, uh, you know, that's, that's the guy I kind of look up to want to be like someday. So that's awesome. Dude. Yeah. So he's I think, the, I think, yeah, it's good people. I just, you get a warm feeling every time you're around. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that may have, that might sound a little weird for some people. No, no, it's kind of no, like, no, it's that father figure, you know, or yeah. like you get that look into someone that's just, you could tell that they're pure about everything that comes out. You know what I mean? Versus trying to second guess it. Yeah. 
And same goes for like Alyssa and Craig. Um, you know, they're just good people. You know, I know if I ever needed something. Oh, uh, I, you know, I called on them the other day, man. I was yeah. freaking out about uh, one of my friends out that way. And yeah, I hit them up. I was like, you're the closest person I know. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Don't do She She goes, she does a lot. She'll do a lot of stuff that won't benefit her. Um, you know, just to do, do something good for you. And it speaks a lot, in my opinion. <laughs> what's what's the craziest thing you've dealt with so far? Because I know, like, you guys can get a little r- rambunctious, to say the least, at shows. Uh, at it's shows, all in a good time, you know. But yeah. Well, it doesn't even have to be a, a show. But like, what's the what's the craziest thing you've had to deal with so far? Um, I know there was one time, you know, I went out with um. I actually went out to Pomona and there was, um, there was this vendor, I think Josh had given this snake to an auction and long story short, that snake was healthy, perfectly healthy. And at the auction, I guess that person bought that snake and somehow cooked the snake. Then the next day the guy comes back and is super mad at Josh and confronts him and you know if you know josh he's not he's not a confrontational person super nice guy very very nice but the way the guy came and delivered his message you know was a bit much and just i guess seeing that um you know made me realize like this is the other side of you know um trying to please a customer you know and it was a tough decision um the way that i i don't know what they ever agreed on or whatever but but the guy, he was a pretty big dude and he was, he was pissed, you know, which I don't, I don't know what he did because the snake was healthy, but you know, Josh, some, he put it out in his car and left it there. Most likely, you know, but I know, you know, Josh will always make it right. And I'm pretty sure he did, but you know, I just, like I said, seeing that, I thought it was about to be a fight. <laughs> you know, we all kind of circled around just to make sure, you know, the guy doesn't jump over the table right now. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. I feel like. So taking that, man, you've, you've had a lot of great experiences. Um, how, how important do you think it is to portray not only what you're doing, but kind of like your love for the hobby and your, your experiences within the hobby? Uh, I don't know if that made sense. Um, like how how important this is kind of going into like having a social media focus or mm-hmm. things like that like so you can you can uh go through all these experiences right but how important do you think it is to actually show those and like show that this isn't just hey i'm here for money this is and if you are you are like i'm not no. i'm not shitting on anyone that is like that right but what i'm saying is like you, you need to bring that excitement to it. Like if we're going to grow as an industry, if we're going to do that, I feel like everyone should have a fairly strong social media presence. And I suck at it at times. I'm not going to lie. Like there's days yeah. where I'm just like, I don't even want to pick my phone. I, I, that's something but, I'm definitely lacking in as well. You know, just uh, social media type stuff. Um, I don't know why, but I, you know, I don't, I don't really like to show everything. There's something about just no, kind of staying low key. You know that I that I like. I know there's a lot of people that do that as well. And I, I I don't know. There's just something cool about that. That 
I, I say, yeah. oh, I respect that too, yeah. man. Like it's, I think it's hard because that's, I don't know, man, that's, that's considered, I don't want to say a fad, but that's considered yeah. the way to really push at this moment. And that's yeah. what we're like, all of us that um not even like, I wouldn't say I'm an influencer, even a creator at this point. Like I'm just a, I'm trying to show me, but um, that's what we try to push, right? Is everyone put out as much content as you can. Yeah. That's the way it should be, right? And, but, and there's nothing wrong with that because, you, you know, you're you're building your following at the same time. But there's respect in the way you're doing it, too. Like, I know a lot of people that have really big, oh, yeah. really big brands that they don't do anything. Like, they'll... Mm -hmm. They just put out, hey, this is what my availability is, or something like that, and that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's respect th in both of them. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I don't know if you've heard of Insane Clown Pythons, mm -hmm. Mike Sanders. Yeah, like he's he's a guy that's become a very very good friend of mine as well. Um, you know, he's doesn't put out a lot, but he's got some stuff coming for sure. Yeah, he's got oh, some yeah. nice stuff coming. So I, I just find that find that neat. Just staying kind of low key, you know. The rest, the rest will come. I feel like, for sure. Yeah. What do you What do you see as your aspirations for it right now? And I, I kind of asked this, but not not as far as like size or anything like that. But what do you see in your aspirations for just being a reptile person or like being a breeder? Because I think one of the most important things for us is finding a goal and setting that goal. Um, and then like doing your affirmations daily, things like that to make sure that you're moving towards that goal. So while, while it may be somewhat difficult to put out, this is, this is my way of kind of helping push you a certain way. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So kind of like what my aspirations are. Um, yeah. um, you know, I just, just keep learning, honestly. Um, you know, being able to, because uh, like I said, I have an ultrasound, for example, when it comes to breeding time. Um, but, you know, part of me kind of feels like I wanted to learn the signs and, you know, the um, ovulations, being able to tell, um, even palpating would be um, very cool. But I know it's, that's a pretty hard it's skill. Hard, to, bro. Yeah, it's hard. a pretty hard skill to learn. But, yeah. you know, just starting from the basics kind of in a way, you know, but when I, when I started, I know I, I did, I did a good bit of research as far as, you know, what racks and, you know, what temps and so forth. So I, I started out, I can't say I bought anything big. I bought everything from, from a baby and, you know, I started feeding them and kind of seeing what they like and so forth. And once I got a feel for it and I, I realized like, this isn't so bad. I did end up um, buying a bigger female that I could probably start breeding a little quicker. Um, I don't usually really go for bigger females, but, um, you know, once I, like I said, I, I, I feel like I could have jumped that curve or that one year mark from um, to go ahead and start breeding. I ended up buying that and, you know, that really, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of kind of where I'm getting at, but, oh, um, but just, I don't know, man. Just uh, trying to keep learning and um, 
shit, my mind just went blank. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're good, bro. Yeah, so but... here's one of the things I'll say on it because you you brought up wanting to learn to palpate. Yeah. Take the skills that you've learned as a nurse, and you know how you're feeling for the sponginess yeah. of a vein, right? Yeah. It's not the same feel, but you kind of want to use that that same technique. Like a sensation, I sense. guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like you have that paper towel or whatever you're choosing to do. Like I snakes won't run through my hands when I don't have something between my hands and them. And even now, like even with all my years of palpating for veins to start IVs and things like that, I the follicles have to be really freaking big for me to feel them. I can't even tell you what size they are. They're probably close to like probably 15, 20 millimeters at that point just because yeah. I don't have full feeling in my fingertips, but um, it's, it's an experience, man. Like I, I love it because you can sit there and you can kind of try to count. And like, I like to play a game where you like, you feel the follicles and you're like, okay, I think there's this many. So I write that out and then you see what she actually lays and you see yeah. how close you were or not, you know, like it's, yeah. I don't know. It's a fun game for me. Yeah, maybe not. For I've, else. I've I've seen people do it, and you know they try to teach me and stuff. You know, it's just repetition at the end of the day. For sure. So it's, it's not a skill that, and I mean, I'm I'm still not great at it, man. So I'm not I'm not like the guy to teach you, but mm -hmm. it's I enjoy it. Like yeah. I, I feel like it teaches me to read the animal a little bit better. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of like I just keep aspiring to try to learn and just develop those skills to um, not only that, but just different, different type of things, feeding and so forth. What do you so, think's been the most difficult for you to pick up to this point? The ID. <laughs> the ID. Uh, and the popping, popping the snakes as well. Yeah. I can, I can do the babies, but once they're a little bigger, um, you know, it does take me a little bit longer to try to as well. So yeah, definitely, definitely that and the ID as well. So, dude, after a certain point, I don't even try to pop. Like, I just I take it yeah. to someone that has a probe kit, and I'm like, hey, just verify this for me, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try it. My luck, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna like hurt the yeah. hemipene or something like that if it is a male, and I just don't wanna take that chance. Yeah, exactly. I I get too nervous. I don't want to, <laughs> like you said, hurt them, just damage them permanently. Sure, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so what let's kind of go to it what's something that you would tell other new people to focus on like if you had one tip to give someone else that was just looking to get in at this point what would you want to give them as advice or like kind of guide them to um i you know i would tell them you know of course if i could just like like I would tell them to get into recessives and, you know, work with what they love and all that. But honestly, man, everything I've learned, um, like if I, if I didn't have any mentors or anyone, I would just say, listen to podcasts, um, listen to podcasts. There's tons of information that's out there. Like one that I really enjoyed with was you and Will Morose that you did one with Will. That was a very good podcast. You know, they gave good tips and it covers everything, kind of like what you're saying, like um, new breeders and um, j just tips for them to be able to keep going forward and stuff and what projects and so forth. And I, I think that, you know, like MJ does some as well. 
um, I just obsessed with them for a little while because I was always commuting back and forth to work. So I had an hour and a half to listen to podcasts every single day. And it just, it just sticks, you know, just listening to it all the time. And you just pick up on it after a while. So I think, I think that'd be a good tip in my opinion, just to keep doing research, keep going from there. It's a never ending cycle, bro. Like yeah. as much as, as much as people want to say that they know what they're doing or things like that, you're always going to find something different. Like Earl said it recently. He's, he's still learning from people that are just coming in. Cause there's stuff even with the multitude of years that he's been in that he's never seen before, but he's heard of. So he yeah. asks, or then something pops up and then he's experiencing it. So he reaches out and he's, yeah. he's been in over 10 years, man. Yeah. Um, like I know, I know like um, my snake, for example, my, my male, I've only bred him to one female. He was about 760 grams. And um, sure enough, he started losing weight and he went like on this three month um, fast. And, you know, he was a pretty expensive snake for me. So um, I was kind of freaking out because the I, I have females coming up right now that are going to be ready for him. They're about like 12, 14 millimeter follicles. So I don't want to breed him either if he's not eating. Um, so, you know, I asked around as well, like, what would you do in my opinion? Some people said still breed him. Some people said, you know, shove a mouse down its throat. Um, some people said, you know, just stop it, whatever. And um so, you know, just I'm going to be with those people. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and like I said, man, like, like my projects are revolved around this smell. So uh, luckily he just ate last week and I just fed him just a little while ago and he ate again. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed he keeps going, but yeah. But um, cause like I said, that would just mess up my season. Cause my problem is I didn't buy any backup mail. <laughs> So that's another that's important man. That is important. Like, yeah. That's that's something that my mentors told me. And I was yeah. like, I, I haven't brought myself to do it yet on a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. I'm like, well, if I don't hit this, I can hit this. So yeah. technically it's not a backup mail with like the same type of genetics. It's mm -hmm. okay, well, this is what I would first want to put together. But if that doesn't work, then I guess I'll exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have it. it and he could still just not want to breed anymore. At right. the end of the day, you know, uh, luckily he's eating and he's a, he's a small male, but he's, he locked to one female and he's done right now. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, brother, I, uh, I appreciate your time. I really, I really like your energy, really looking forward to what you're pushing. Um, with that being said, before we head out, let's let's talk about what your major project is or like what what you really want to accomplish with this year specifically. Um, definitely the DG clown route. Um, I'll have three shots at making some more. Um, I, I have one male, but I do um, want to, of course, keep some more back um, later on. So I'll have three chances at those and. Uh, that's kind of the one project I am looking forward to the most right now, oh, yeah. for sure. That's, that's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. a beautiful animal. Thank you. I like it by itself, honestly. You know, more combos are about to start coming out. Um, you know, there's still so much untapped stuff to do with it. But I just like the simplicity of it already, <laughs> just by itself. For sure, bro. So for definitely sure. excited for that. Oh, yeah. Yep.
Yep. Well, I I really wish you all the luck. I hope all ten of those girls freaking go for you this year, man. Yeah. I hope your males like pack on the pounds while they're continuing to breed. And I'm really excited to see what you do in the future. Um, yeah. I think you you have a great group around you. There's no reason why you shouldn't succeed. And I'm I'm really excited to see yeah. what you're going to do, man. And I hope you are too. Like, uh, I know it's kind of, you we're, we're falling into a little monotone, but I, I don't know how to express it at this point, man. Like I, I've seen your passion firsthand in person. So I'm excited for what you're going to do. Yeah. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. You know, like I said, I appreciate you bringing me on and for sure, um, brother. being able to market myself on your platform. And, you know, I said, I'm, I'm sorry if I was a little nervous. Like I said, I'm like Dwight from the office when he has to give that speech <laughs> for all those people. If you're not nervous yeah. talking in front of people, I, I applaud you. Because yeah. uh, to be honest, like you, you see me at shows and it might look like I'm okay there, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not. Like, yeah. uh, I have to change my shirts. I like... I started looking around and like, did someone, Oh no, that's like stress sweats and yeah. stuff like that. You know, like I, it's hard, man. Like it's not easy. Yeah. This is easy for me. Yeah. But when I actually have crowds around me or like yeah. people, I'm not like, uh, I'm not that cool kid yet. Not everyone wants my picture, but like some people pop up and be like, Hey, can I get a picture? And I'm like, why do you want a picture? Yeah. <laughs> You're famous, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm not nothing, but uh, I'm getting there. Like I'm, I'm yeah. working my way up and I'm proud of what I'm doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, why don't you uh, shout out? Sorry. Kiddo's getting upset. Oh, you're um, fine. Why don't you shout out your socials and how we can find you and your morph market and stuff like that. And uh, let yeah. You get on out of here. Um, Pago Miranda pythons. Um, I have a YouTube morph market um, and Instagram. So um, I, I haven't posted anything on YouTube, but I started it and never followed up with it. But I'll probably have to make an updated video. Just, you know, a lot of things have grown and changed. I think it's been like a year and a half. So probably make an updated video, but it's just for fun. <laughs> Nothing serious. But yeah, it's all yeah. part of uh, showing the journey, though, man. That's what yeah. people want to see. Like, I, I think about it all the time and I kind of kick myself in the ass. Like, I enjoy these. I, I love the interviews, man, because I I learn from every single interview or like it makes me think about things I wasn't thinking about. And it's funny you brought up that will because I just rewatched it and I was like, oh, I forgot all about this. So yeah. I, I love it because it's kind of a catalog, man. Like I can go back when I'm, I'm kind of in a rut and I can look at stuff that I've talked about. Yeah. But um, I realized that I haven't really shown my collection in a long time or things like that. And, Cause I just don't like the vlog yeah. style. I'm not, I'm not super comfortable with it, but yeah. it's an aspect that I need to understand or like, it helps me become a better storyteller, I guess is like forcing it into that style. So I think it'd be better and it'd make these even better because then I'll be telling a story versus just, Oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? It gets kind of repetitive, you know? And that's yeah. one thing I don't want to fall into, yeah. but, um, Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I know it's uh, kind of late over there, so I'm going to okay. get your rest, get these kids to bed. Y'all, yeah. go give Paco some love. I'm going to have all his stuff down.
in the description below here in just a couple seconds when we get off and uh make sure you let them know that Feely's Clutch sent you. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you on the next one. We're going to have Rob from Creeping It Real next week. I'm pretty excited about that one. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate right. you. Yes, sir. Take care. Here.